Hello, I'm Joan. I'm a Canadian family physician who also works as a restorative medical educator, facilitator, and coach. I create spaces that rehumanize the work of healthcare. I'm creating this podcast to remind myself, as well as anyone else working in a helping profession, that when you are working and caring for your human patients, you are the other human in the room. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back to another episode of The Other Human in the Room, all of you healthcare humans out there. This is another episode of The Only Human in This Van. I'm not going to lie right now, I'm actually just doing a little... Oh, what are those? Not a 360. Okay, what is the right term? A (laughs) U-turn in my neighborhood uh, as I'm starting my drive to work. Um, And I'll be honest, I'm not sure I am going to share this one because I actually have no idea where it's going. But um, when I am recording these in the van it's because there's something that's sort of stuck in my brain and I want to process it and get it out and I honestly find it very helpful to think of others listening and learning from it it helps me kind of get over the resistance to looking at the thing you know um whether I I post it or not um and in this case it feels a little more vulnerable than usual for some reason Maybe it's because it's such a common pattern for me, um, which is that I have, this week in particular, I've noticed that my brain is really worried that people are mad at me. <laughs> Does anyone else relate to this? Um, in my case, I've been worried that various colleagues are mad at me. Um, I've been worried that patients are mad at me. I've seen some patients that I, you know, have expressed emotions towards me in the past. And so then, you know, I have sort of that anxiety arise when I see their names on the list of, oh no, what if they're mad at me again? You know, and then even, you know, my partner, like family members, friends. I've just noticed that this week my brain is really on the lookout for like people being mad at me. And uh, it's it's common, but it hasn't been as like intense in a little while, probably because of the work that I describe on this podcast. But this week, it's been building up. And so I want to talk about it. I want to look at it directly. I want to listen to what this worry has to say to me, why it's here, um, in hopes of unpacking it and understanding my brain better, understanding that usually when I understand my brain better, my, my brain over time actually offers me less of this emotion, which would be nice because it's been really kind of distracting me this week. Um, and recording it so that if anyone else out there has a common worry that someone's mad at you, you will relate. You are not the only one. And maybe you'll learn something. So I'm not going to say any of the specific situations. Um, but yeah, I've had these several moments. I had... Do you ever have one of those email exchanges where you feel like you and the other person are not talking the same language, even though you are literally talking the same language, but you know, you think you're explaining something like a totally like reasonable and actually helpful or 
um, rational way and you're really expecting that the other person's going to be like, yes, so excited. And then instead they say something else and then you're like, oh no. And then you say something else and then you're like going back and forth. (laughs) This happened to me the other day. It was like a whole day of like, you know, receiving a surprising response, doing a little emotional processing, getting clear and not reactive, responding back best I could trying to get on with my day but having in the back of my mind okay what are they going to say next they reply it is another thing that isn't quite what I expected and is you know feed that my brain uses as evidence that this person's mad at me on and on back and forth back and forth until um thankfully in this case it did reach a kind of resolution where the other person said clearly like this isn't a problem for me. I was only bringing up these concerns. It's really no problem. But the whole day, honestly, um, had a major sour note and like a shadow over it. Cause I was like waiting for that next email and worrying about what it would say and worrying about what it would mean. <laughs> and it was exhausting, man. It was not my favorite. And then, yeah, other little moments. I mean, um, my husband, for example, nothing actually this week, it wasn't, is not an example of that, but lots of the time he is just truly like lost in thought has his own stuff going on maybe actually isn't even um stressed or mad he's just you know kind of like doing a neutral expression and depending on like my state of mind I notice that he's not like I don't know cheerful and happy and bouncing around and I'm like he must be mad at me (laughs) so does anyone relate to that (laughs) I'm laughing and it's also very painful, to be honest. It's not, um, it's painful. So that's the thing. Like this, this worry, it's like, what, if I could like show you a camera of what's happening inside my brain, my brain is just picturing everything that I think that that other person's thinking. They think that I am stupid or they think that I am selfish. They think that I am da 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 da. And they are like talking with their friends, like, who does this Joan think she is? What I always thought she was a professional person. And look at this. She's so unprofessional. She doesn't value me. La 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 la. You know, and it's important not to say la la la. Like, um, right now, as I'm describing it, I'm kind of like grouping a bunch of examples together. But I know from past experience, like literally writing down what you know, the movie in my, my brain is saying of like, okay, brain, what is it that you actually think this other person is mad at you for? Write it all down. What is it that you're imagining? First of all, just to get it out of your brain and onto like a piece of paper or recorded or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, because, uh, spoiler alert, usually I don't even know. I haven't fully processed, but like, I just know in general, usually if I'm worried about what someone else thinks of me, it's because I am worried it's true about myself or I'm, I, and so that's the thing that's interesting is like it presents as worry. So when I'm thinking about this person being worried at me, this patient being worried at me when my, when I'm worried, my husband's worried at me, or, sorry, when my, all of those people are mad at me, pardon, I'm worried they're mad at me. I, um, the emotion I experience is anxiety and sometimes even just fear fear is more if it's like acute, like literally I I can tell they're mad at me. I feel fear. So just pausing on that piece of it, that makes sense. Not 
logically. So logically, it doesn't make sense in that whatever sensations and emotions they are experiencing in their body do not have a physical effect on me. It's not like if I'm sitting next to someone on the bus and they suddenly start experiencing the emotion of anger, you know, and they don't say anything to me and they're just like experiencing that anger. It doesn't have like a toxic effect on me, right? And because of like, you know, society and stuff, it does make sense that we have fear of what someone will do out of anger. It makes sense that we have fear of what's what reaction someone could have out of anger. And I think I've said on this podcast before, like for me as someone who was raised, socialized as a woman and identifies um, as a woman, um, when a man is mad at me, or even if I think it's possible that a man could be mad at me, and in particular, if that man has some kind of authority over me, either literally like they're in a position of leadership over me, or even like they are senior in age to me, if especially if it's a white male, like all those sorts of constructs, none of it, not, I'm not consciously like, ah, this, this white older gentleman has power over me. But just like my body senses that that is what I've been conditioned to believe is true. And so if that white older gentleman is mad at me, that feels extra dangerous. My body experiences that as extra dangerous. And so even if it's a possibility, it does make sense that my brain would worry about that because it's like a safety signal. It's like, you know, if I'm a deer out in the woods and I hear a rustle and like a growl and I'm like, could it be a bear that's going to attack me? Right? Actually, I don't think bears attack deer. So sorry, bears. I'm like slandering bears <laughs> they don't <laughs> what would attack like a like a tiger or something right yeah like a jungle cat um or like a wolf okay I am I am losing my train of thought here I apologize um I really feel just to say this week my brain has felt more scrambled and maybe there's multiple reasons like I was like slightly under the weather and I have had this script in my brain of like, this person's mad at me, this patient's mad at me, who's mad at me. And it started to like grow. Like it started with this one person, this email exchange. And I processed it best I could at the time, but I think it kind of like opened this door. And then I just started looking for other examples of people being mad at me. And so that's the thing, like, okay, so the system is there to keep me safe in theory, right? It's my security system. My alarm system went off. (gasps) Someone who I perceive could like harm me in some way if they were genuinely mad at me. Um, And this is not like this person I had an email exchange with has never harmed me physically or otherwise. Okay. But it's like their position and who they are. I, I can tell that my, my body has baggage about such people in society having a disapproving or angry opinion of me and what what that could mean about my you know place in society my place of belonging in the organization in which we both work right so you do I I totally understand actually why the worry's there and um and I also see that if I kind of say give in to the worry and believe the worry and then worry a whole bunch, you know? Um, so I guess I'll say, I believe the emotion of anxiety and then cognitively I worry. I just think about it over and over. And what I was doing is I'd be like picturing 
conversations we've had in the past where this person has said things that then I perceived as them being upset with me and how difficult and challenging that was. And then I picture future conversations of like, when they next see me, will they be cold towards me? Excuse me. Will I have to think of something to say to try and like please them and have them like me again? And, you know, because like my brain really thinks that my survival depends on this like relationship mean being present because um otherwise I will have like less almost like social status right and less belonging and and I'll lose a um a powerful ally in this world where things are not always guaranteed um to go your way and things aren't always guaranteed to be okay for you and people can turn on you you know so um when I'm doing all that worrying first I'm first of all, I'm just like not enjoying my life. Um, I'm, I am not actually necessarily getting work done that even this particular person, you know, I promise this particular person I'd get done. But beyond that, like all the rest of the work, like I'm threatening my relationships with other people because I'm not following through on promises with them. If I'm too obsessed and worried about this one person. Right. And like the next time I did see this person, I, ha- I did a lot of work ahead of time because I know in the past, if, if I just have this unconsciously running, I then like show up in a way where I'm really anxious and kind of needy. Um, this I do a lot with my husband and I've learned over time, but like, you know, I think he's mad at me. And then um, I show up and I'm like, are you okay? Are you mad at me? What's going on? Why won't you tell me what's going on? And guess what, guys? Even if he wasn't mad at me before, <laughs> when I show up in a way like that, not all every time, of course, like sometimes he's like, are you okay? (laughs) But say he is, you know, having a moment and having human emotions himself. You see how that escalates things where he's like, I'm fine. And then you're like, you're not fine. And that's like a whole thing because I'm showing up with this need of like, oh my gosh, I need you to be okay with me. I need you to not be mad at me. I need this. And then, you know, it's accidentally invalidating their emotion when you do that. Right. And so I know believing this anxiety and showing up out with this anxiety, like driving the bus, not useful. And I also know that underneath, uh, there's usually at least one other layer because, well, because it's still in me, even though I kind of did those two layers that I just described already, but it's still coming up for me. And the last layer I haven't really looked at yet that I am wondering is like, I know in the past, if I've been really worried that someone else has some sort of reaction to me, it's because, like I said at the beginning, like I, that I have that reaction to myself. Like I had people in my life that were very, um, disappointed with me for something. And I kept like obsessing about how I'd broken their hearts. I'd I'd broken their hearts. And, um, I had a coach reflect back to me, you know, oftentimes if you're really worried that you've broken someone else's heart, it's because there's a part of you who's, you know, who's thinking that you've broken your own heart. Who's also like, you are disappointed in yourself and you have broken your own heart in some way. And that really unlocked something for me. And so in this case, I'm wondering with this email individual and with other people this week, I'm worried they're mad at me. And so I'm wondering, is there a part of me that's mad at myself? And I'm just sort of sitting with that because I honestly have not, I've been kind of batting it away and I'm like, I'm not mad at myself. I'm just like, I'm worried for them. But like, I know that it's often true. And so 
okay, like for the patient I saw this week that when I looked at them on the list, I know they had been upset with me in the past. It was because I had made um, an error in their care. I had forgotten to do something that I said I would do for them. Um, And so then I saw them again and I was worried they'd still be mad at me for that. And even in the room, I kind of like, it came up again in a different way. And I sort of said like, you know, um, I want to make sure that I actually get the task done in the room with you this time. Cause I, I, you know, I don't want to forget to do it like it happened last time, which I, th- I think is fine. Actually, I was sort of showing that I learned and had integrity, but I could feel underneath like a grasping, like I, I wanted them, the patient to like then, um, validate like oh thank you so much but then they kind of were like kind of more neutral like yeah it was really bad that (laughs) you forgot to do that last time um and then I was like ah I'm still caught in it and so in that case it's more clear to me that there's a part of me that is still mad at myself for making that mistake like I am mad that I well I'm mad that I messed up like I you know there's a part of me that that always gets mad when I mess up because there's a part of me that thinks I should never make mistakes um and thinks that this means that now I'm weak and wrong and bad and can't be trusted and that no one will like me, you know, all of those. And so in the case of the patient, I can see how I was worried that they would be mad at me because I am still a little bit mad at myself. And so probably spending a bit of time allowing that that mad part of me to come out and just share what it has to share about how making that mistake was wrong and bad and now compromises everything forever and listening and holding it with compassion, knowing where it came from. And then also offering that part and the rest of me, the reminder that like, I'm literally a human who makes mistakes and all I can do is learn from them, you know? And that one, yeah, that one feels right. And then with the email, without getting to the details of like what the exchange was about it was it was a it, it makes sense in the context of I'm probably gonna be too vague here because I you know this podcast doesn't mean like airing all my dirty laundry in detail as it happens it's about sharing the pieces of it that are helpful for others to listen to but there's a there's a power dynamic happening with this email individual um and well, like I said before, my, my, there's a part of me, my survival part, the little girl inside of me who just wants to be safe, really, really thinks that the approval of this person is, is critical to my survival. I think um, this is a person who has power, like I said, older white male. It's come up before with like also like older females And I mean, probably if I'm honest down at the core, it's like parent stuff because it usually is (laughs) like I've noticed like certain people in my life who are similar age to my parents and also are, you know, colleagues of mine or whatever, even patients of mine. It's it's a different level of devastating when they are disappointed or mad at me. And I think usually underneath um, it's because, you know. It's the same little girl who was always so sad if her parents were mad at her, you know? 
So I think that's the same thing happening here. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you can tell. I'm like, oh man, you know, it's usually mommy stuff or daddy stuff, isn't it? Yeah. And so there's this part of me that's mad because the email exchange was kind of about me like doing something on my own. And then that meaning I have to disagree with this person while still, you know, very much respecting and honoring our working relationship. I think the piece that made it emotional was the unconscious relationship that really has nothing to do with that other person. But it's about me thinking like, you can't make people mad at you, period. And especially people who are, remind you of your parents or remind you of people in your life when you were a child uh, that you really, really needed to not be mad at you for, for safety and survival reasons. Yep, that feels like the one. And so same thing. I think I just need to spend a little time like letting the, the little girl who's scared of making the grown-ups mad at her say what she needs to say, why she's so afraid, why she's now mad at the rest of me for breaking the rules, for being bad, quote-unquote, for making the mistake, for not acting the way that we think we need to in order to survive, so not being the good girl. My good girl is mad at the rest of me for not acting in that good girl way, but instead, you know, doing something that's for me, doing something that's my opinion, even if it does ruffle feathers. Um, A lot of the work that I want to do in the world is going to ruffle feathers because it's literally pointing out what's wrong with sort of the status quo, right? And so I can tell that as I continue on this path, I'm going to need to really spend time sort of holding this little good girl's hand and um, saying, hey, yeah, I know why you're mad at me. I know why you're mad. You think that this means that we can't stay safe. You think this means that we can't be okay because I'm not doing what the grown-ups want me to do. Yeah, that makes sense. So then, uh, yeah, you spend, I spend a little time listening to the little girl and, and what she has to say and why she's pissed at me for breaking the rules. And I hold that girl's hand and I let her know that I'm okay. I'm a grown-up now. I will be okay. And I've got her back. And it's okay that she's there with me. I'm not mad at her for generating all this worry in my mind. I know why she's doing it. I know why she's trying to protect me by putting up a little tantrum because I'm doing things that are even possibly and sometimes really, um, you know, causing reactions. I mean, it's not my actions aren't directly causing those reactions, but I'm, I'm, you know, maybe breaking some pre-agreed upon contracts in this inequitable society <laughs> by like taking up space and having opinions as a woman So I'm doing some of that and yeah, makes sense then that that little girl is saying, are you sure? What if we don't survive this? You know? So I think that's what I'm going to have to do today is just spend some time hanging out with that little girl and helping her know that she is safe. And yeah, I'm pretty sure I already feel the weight lifting as I've kind of uncovered this last bit of it. I think, uh... I may have less worry of other people being mad at me. 
you know, until next time when this gets triggered again. But each time I do this work and find the awareness, it gets less intense. I promise that to you. So if you're listening to me and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't go through all that. I can't spend, you know, my 30 minute commute unpacking every time I have an emotion. First of all, why not? Feel free. I do it all the time and it's great. Second of all, each time I do it, it's like I'm practicing this new muscle and, and truly over time, I, I say like now I was, it was surprising this week that I had this worry because it's been a while since I've had it. And I used to have it all the time. And so just to say doing this work pays off. So you have it less and it's easier to look at. And uh, then you get your brain back and your life back. So it's definitely worth it for those reasons. All right, friends, I think I will post this one. It's a bit ramblier. Thanks if you sticked with stuck with me, sticked with me. <laughs> if you stuck with me to the end, I if you got something out of this, please reach out and let me know what resonated. And um, yeah, I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Take care. I would love to hear from you. Please share your human moments in medicine with me on Instagram at Joan Chan MD or on my website, joanchanmd.com. On my website, you can also find other restorative medical education offerings I have, including one-on-one coaching opportunities and skill-building workshops. I look forward to connecting with you there.